Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. At Watford, for example, we have to devote 14 hours a week to community service, which means something different now. Elton was a football fan from when he was young, so he went to Watford from the fourth division. You know, working class people, it's a working class sport, belongs to the people. Hello, you're listening to the Say It and Spray It podcast. My name is Justin. Joining me, as always, the CEO of Merwell's The Man with the Cans, Mark Silver. How you doing, mate? All right? Yeah, you are, Justin. How's it going? Good, mate. Very, very good. So our guest today is a Liverpool and England legend, and I'm also going to say Watford legend, because uh, I'm a fan of Watford, as you may know. Mr. John Barnes, uh, tell us a little bit about how you got involved with doing a mural for John. I think we can call him a music legend as well, can't we, on the basis he's done two raps. <laughs> yeah, that's two more than I've ever done, mate. So, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Listen, we're doing all these murals over in Liverpool. Um, that's where most of them seem to be going up and a lot of work we're doing over there. And I remember when we done the Ian Rush one, I was just baffled that no one had done an Ian Rush one before. You know, mm. he was a proper legend, top goal scorer of that club of all time, never to be beaten. And obviously there's other massive names that you can think of, like from history, like the Shankleys of the world and Kenny Dalglish and, and more contemporary ones, people like Robbie Fowler and Stephen Gerrard. But John Barnes is on there and I've always felt that we need to do a John Barnes. And I don't ever like to manufacture these things too much. Genuinely, it kind of comes at the right time when we've got the right wall and sometimes the right people that want to support it. This one came about from a little bit of a, a different angle. It was, as you know, it was Stephen Gerrard that suggested that he needs to be up there. And at the same time, coincidentally with that, we had somebody offer their wall to us on the basis that it's John Barnes. So on that basis, it's John Barnes. I was introduced to John. I asked him the question, "Do you would you appreciate the mural? Because if he didn't, then I'm, I'm not going to do it. And he was... He was very excited by it. He thought it was a great idea and he was very grateful. So the concept was born. What we didn't do is we didn't kind of work out who's going to be backing it, supporting it. And to be honest with you, it didn't really get that far because of the timeline. I just wanted to get it done. So Murals uh, ended up funding it ourselves. It was a self-funded mural. And yeah, we've created everything ourselves. And uh, it is there now for him and everyone to appreciate. That's interesting. I didn't realise that you approached the people you were going to paint before you painted them to see if they were happy with it or not. There's no point doing something for somebody if they're not going to appreciate it. Now, I I should imagine nine times out of ten, if not more, people are going to appreciate it. But you never know. Some people are very shy with these kind of things. Everyone's different. Every human being is a different person. So I always think it's the courteous thing to do, to ask the question. Obviously, if it's a legend that's no longer with us, it's to to get the families involved, which is very different. And look, you know, some of the the people we're painting, we don't always have the ability 
ability to get to them. But obviously in the people, the circles that we're mixing in in the football world, it's a lot easier to do so now. So I think it's always better to ask the question and to give them the get the endorsement and the thumbs up and the approval beforehand. And it has to as to how involved they'll be, generally they're not until it's about just coming to to see it and reveal it, which is what happened in John's case. Okay. Without naming names, has anyone ever said no? Or are most people like really pleased to to go ahead? I can't think of anyone that's said no. Yeah, no, there's been a couple of instances where they haven't come off uh, for different reasons. For me, everything happens for a reason. And if it hasn't happened, it might be it just wasn't the right time and it might happen another another way down the line. But there's not an individual, not a person. There's been families of people that would rather it not happen for different reasons. But yeah, we haven't ever had anyone, an individual that said to us, I don't want that yet. Yeah, yet. Fingers crossed. Right, let's get across and listen to our chat with John. Hello, John Barnes. How are you? I'm good. I was saying I've just got back in from Ghana. I was there with the club, Liverpool, for Standard Chartered for a couple of days in Accra. So I just got back in. The weather here is equally as lovely. Nice and sunny day. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about your career. We're going to talk a little bit about the street art as well uh, uh, surrounding Liverpool. With regards to your career, uh, you started at Watford. This is how most people's careers started back in the early 80s. I was lucky to be spotted. I was an apprentice. Um, I wasn't at an academy. I was just playing for a local club called Sudbury Court as a 17-year-old. Interesting in near Wembley, not Wembley, by Wembley Stadium. It's just a little grass pitch beside Wembley Stadium. And a taxi driver... Um, was driving by, he stopped to watch a game. He knew a scout at Watford, he told the scout to come and watch me. I didn't know he was there, I didn't know the scout was there. And then the next thing I knew, I got a call from Watford to come and train. And then I signed for them three months later. My mom and dad were going back to Jamaica. My dad was a, a diplomat, so he was, his own, the family came when I was 13. At 17, um, they all went back. Me, I was going to go back. I got offered a scholarship to go to Howard University. And I would have gone to America. And three months before, Watford saw me playing in the park and offered me a, said, come and train and offered me a contract. And the rest is history. Is this some sort of tale about you being signed for the for price of a football kit or something? Is that is that right? Listen, it wasn't a professional club. It wasn't a semi-professional club I was playing for. So they didn't have to sign me at all. But because, obviously, I played for Sudbury Court for six months, they gave them a kit. So they didn't right. sign me for that. But they didn't have to give them anything at all because I, I, I wasn't coming from a, even a semi-professional club. So, therefore, it was a good gesture by Watford to give because I wasn't a, a superstar kid that they're signing and they've got to give money for and they just said, come and have a little... This was 1981. I mean, you know, they were, and the club were happy for the kit, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I bet, I bet. And then, of course, you you signed for Liverpool, broke the hearts of many Watford fans, I, I would say. And you had a, a, an amazing career there as well, played for England as well. Uh, what are your sort of your, your personal highlights of your time at Liverpool? Uh, yes, of course, you may say I broke the hearts of Watford fans, but that wasn't the situation at all because, of course, Watford fans understood. Like when Luther Blissett went to AC Milan and Graham Taylor, the manager at the time, knew that Watford was a special club that came from the fourth division to the top division in five years and if any other players had a chance to move on that's what they would do of course not for the money because you know Elton had a lot of money so it's not as if he went for money but Graham Taylor felt a responsibility to help the players that he kind of nurtured so you know when Luther went to AC Milan I went to Liverpool Nigel Callan went to Aston Villa so a lot of the team broke up so it was uh, it was an exciting time but don't forget as much as when I came to Liverpool my career took off if that's what people want to say I'd been playing for England for four years before I came to, to Liverpool I played for England at, at 19 yeah the goal against Brazil was when I for Watford. Yes. I had 30 odd caps playing for Watford. Yes. So, you know, that's the way it was back then, whereby you stayed at the club. Brian Robson stayed at West Brom for six, seven years before he went to Man United. So I didn't come to Liverpool as a as a 23-year-old from a from a smaller club having just been playing football for you know one or two years. No. So I was a very experienced when I came to a yep. certain degree. 
Because yep. um, Liverpool used to look at players and see that they had they had to show a level of consistency over a long period of time, so that when you come to Liverpool, you're going to be able to handle the pressure. Yeah. You know, nowadays you have a player doing well for one one season, he costs sixty million pounds. Yeah. Jaden Sancho, having done nothing, then he's at Man United for eighty million. I was prepared to come to Liverpool, but Graham Taylor actually said to me, "Liverpool is a club for you." That's where you have to go to move on. So I was really excited. We, we actually know Graham's wife, Rita. We've met her. Yeah. She's absolutely lovely. And she's told us the most amazing stories about football. I mean, her knowledge of football is absolutely incredible as well. Yeah. But I'm always intrigued to hear different people, other Watford legends we've spoken to. What's it like playing under Graham Taylor? It was unbelievable. It was, a, it was a, a life experience, not just about football, but about life, you know, because he really cared about the players off the field as well. So the stuff we had to do off the field at, at Watford, for example, we had to devote 14 hours a week to community service, which means something different now. We had to go to charities. We've got to go to schools. And in fact, Nigel Callahan, because he was a little bit wayward, had to go and live with... He was a first-team player, right. 20 years old. He had to go and live with Graham Taylor. Graham Taylor had two young daughters. This has got nothing to do with the story, but Nigel Callahan, 20 years old, first-team player, playing for England on the 21s, because he was a bit wayward in terms of going out and going out to nightclubs and stuff. Graham said, you couldn't come and live with me for a month. Graham really looked after the players and took an interest in you. Uh, but he was just an incredible man in terms of, you know, bringing you up as a decent human being, not just in your football. And of course, from a footballing perspective, not only was he good, but he also understood that he could hold us back. Nowadays, you'd want your best players to stay at your club. But Graham Taylor said, these are my boys who I helped develop, but I need to see them grow and do well. And he said to me, Liverpool is the club for you. He didn't try and keep me. In fact, he encouraged me to go to Liverpool. We've heard some amazing stories about him. And he, unfortunately, I never got the opportunity to meet him, but I feel like I know him very well from all these. Uh, great people that have told us stories. Obviously, you're chairman as well. Pretty interesting character. What was that? Well, like? Elton John, I knew. I went to, listen, I, I went to Watford. I've been in England since I was 13, but I've only been here for four years. And now all of a sudden, I wasn't, a, I didn't know much about Elton John. I knew about Bob Marley, but not too much about Elton. <laughs> but of course, the stories that you hear about Elton, I never saw those. Because, of course, Graham Taylor had such an influence on Elton that he was a proper chairman. Elton was a football fan from when he was young. So he went to Watford from the fourth division. So he wasn't a high-profile chairman who wants to be a, the owner of a Premier League club. That's why a lot of them do it now for the prestige. Elton did it because he loves the club. And he also understood that Graham Taylor has to be the most important person in the club, not him. So Elton was subservient to Graham. Graham would tell Elton off if he wants to get too excited about the players coming to the players' lounge and having a drink. And, and, and he called him boss. And when Graham said, Elton, it's time to leave now because the players have to concentrate, Graham Taylor was in charge. And Elton knew enough to understand that as much as it's his club and his money, if he undermines Graham Taylor by it being about him, he knows that the players wouldn't respond to that. You see so many owners now being about them or chairman when it should be about the manager. And that's the way Elton was. So, of course, Graham had such an influence on him in terms of not walking around in dresses and being like tantrum and tiaras that he actually got married to a woman. You remember he got married to Renata. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. The, the, the crazy tantrum and tiaras Elton John that people know, when he was chairman at Wofford when I was there, he was just a proper chairman of a football club who conducted himself, obviously, in his own private life when we went around and he did what he did. But we never saw the, the crazy side of Elton. We'll come on to street art in Liverpool in a bit, but are you aware of the street art of Elton and Graham at Watford? Is there one of Luther as well? I'm not sure. Yeah, in the recreant, yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. No. 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 I mean, uh, listen. I wasn't aware. I, I was aware of it at Liverpool. I'd heard stories about it, but I wasn't that, that aware of it. It's only when I, I've seen it at Liverpool go up, like with Rushy and, and and Kenny and stuff like that. So I was aware of it, but I didn't know that it was such a, a big a, a big thing. Yeah. Well, I think after after there's Liverpool, a Harry Kane one now in there as well. No. Tottenham. Yeah. We 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 done Harry Kane at Tottenham the other week. Uh, we done Zaha outside Palace the other week as well. And uh, back up at Liverpool, there's been so many. But Firmino was one that we worked on the other week. But the Graham Taylor one was 
the first one that we've done for Watford. Where is it? It's actually opposite the Graham Taylor stand entrance on the oh. side of a church, uh, on a side of a church building. That kind of then led to quite a few others. So we actually ended up doing an underpass, which is at the Vicarage Road end as people kind of walk in coming off the trains to go to Vicarage Road. So we've done the oh, whole right. underpass there. On that one, you've got Nigel Gibbs, Tommy Mooney, Tony Coton, and Luther as well is on that one. And then you've got Elton John on the Elton John stand and you've also done an Elton John one on Watford Library as well. Are you going to be doing all the Premier League clubs or just certain clubs or what's the situation? No, no, no. So, I mean, we work we work with Brighton. We work with West Ham. Arsenal, we haven't done anything for just yet. Man United as well. We're talking about doing it. I mean, all the clubs love it now. I think Liverpool have set the way. I've said that a few times. But there's lots of other clubs. I mean, Leeds have got quite a bit. We've not been responsible for any of them. But it's not even the Premier League clubs. Um, there's other clubs all the way down the divisions now. And other sports. You know, we work with England Rugby and then we work with, because of the Elton John one, now we've been talking about musicians outside of the music world and film so yeah it's kind of endless and the Luther one's absolutely huge isn't it I mean that's one of the tallest ones we've done it goes over two corners uh, and there's about four four different generations I think of Luther on there so um, yeah yes it is a big one when did you start becoming aware of the street art around Liverpool of Liverpool players etc well I think I I just saw when I would go to the ground I just saw Rushy's one and that's probably the first one I saw because that's right on the corner isn't it by by the the opposite by the Anfield Road end so the first time I was aware of it was when I was just going to a game and I looked up at the house and I thought Oh, there's Rushy. So that's the first time I became aware of it, yeah. It's a big one, isn't it? I mean, that's a big close-up shot. It's a beautiful image. I think it was actually the image from his Nike campaign when he first became an ambassador for them. So that was the one that uh, him and his team really wanted, and I'm so pleased they used it. It's a great shot. Yeah, nice. So um, did you did you think, oh, I'd, I'd, I'd quite like one of those? Or? Well, I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know who, where they came from. I didn't know who did it. I didn't know who commissioned it. I didn't know how it came about. I didn't know it was a theme of trying to get them up. So I never thought about me being it. I just thought, I just thought somebody owned that house and they wanted Russia on the side of it. While I was aware of them, I didn't know that it was kind of like a concerted effort to get this kind of thing going. But of course, when I was first approached, I didn't approach to do it. Of course, I just jumped at it. Absolutely. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Well, it actually, we, we asked Stephen Gerrard, who who do you think should be immortalised in a mural? And your name came up. So um... I was with him a couple of weeks ago. I know Stephen from when he was a young kid, yeah. So Stephen's a good lad. We're good, we're good friends. Yeah, I mean, we ask everyone, John, who who would you like to see a mural of if you're aware of who's been done and who hasn't? And he said he said John Barnes, didn't he? Apart from, he mentioned some boxers that he thought was really cool because he loves boxing. But John Barnes, he said, without, without a shadow of doubt, it has to be John Barnes. So uh, that's pretty much why we've done it, John. John, I mean, we wanted to do it for a long time. 
time and we've got loads of different legends that we wanted to paint and you were definitely on our priority list but when Stephen said you know that has to be done then we've got to do it so we don't, well, if, we don't if it wasn't for Stephen I wouldn't have been up there then yeah so I've got to thank you Stephen. would have been up there probably not just yet maybe in a little bit of time so yeah you got to thank him for that for sure so where is this mural mark it's, it's on the on a on the end of a house did you have any yeah. sort of particular issues um, painting it or was it fairly straightforward no it's one of them ones that come really easy because if you if you look at it it's actually it's got a, a concrete driveway in front of the wall which is sectioned off so we haven't got to worry about having scissor lifts or cranes in front of the on the pavement for people to not have access to be able to get wheelchairs and buggies around that's always a bit of an issue and having to get council permits and stuff so this was one of the easy ones that we had to do i can't remember how it all came about in terms of this property i think we got approached by the person that owns the house and he said to us that the tenant in there is happy to have something on the wall but his stipulation to us was that this wall can only be used for a mural of john barnes and john barnes only so obviously with that going on and with what Stephen Gerrard said it was quite straightforward for us that this is the one that had to be on on this wall so it was pretty straightforward I would say in terms of how mules go this is one of the easy ones is the action shot on there from the Liverpool Newcastle game it's, it's interesting actually John might be able to answer this but there was you know people are funny aren't they long shorts so I know it wasn't early on because early on you had tighter shorts didn't you tight so, shorts short shorts know, but it's a bit later on yeah that's in the first yeah off. I think it's a bit later on it's a great kit that but it's funny John because like you get 99% of people that just say how amazing the artwork is and you know how John Barnes deserves this and you always get one or two and it was like I think the only criticism I saw on it was why did you choose that kit and he's in the wrong boots that kind of stuff so it's like you know that's the only thing they love the tight shorts yeah (laughs) we can go back there we can always have a little edit with that at some point I was going to say we could play with his shorts there but that's not for me to do someone else can do that but yeah no I I think I think it's a great kit I love that kit it's quite iconic it does remind me of the Newcastle 4-3 game that that kit it's very iconic with that season was there any issues in painting it though Mark apart from that was it there was no kind of it was fairly straightforward it didn't did it take a long time or was it quite a quick one to do so genuinely they take us two to three days we spent I think we spent three and a half days on this one nearly four days you know you know it's very straightforward we've got the big portrait the black and white portrait and then obviously the inset color shot believe it or not the smaller image takes longer than the other one because when you start going smaller and using spray cans it becomes even harder to get that detail in so that's why I always like doing big and bold actually it looks so much more effective and it was easier for us the only challenge we had was one that I made for myself is that obviously I don't live up in Liverpool although I feel like I do because I'm there every other week but we had a few other projects that needed to be done in Liverpool and I thought well let's just do them all at the same time so whilst we were working on this probably about 50 metres up the road there was another mule going up of Phil, Neil and Ian Callaghan together on the same same wall and that was happening exactly the same time just around the corner we were doing one for Paddy the Baddy and Meatball Molly McCann as a UFC piece and then I had a team going on down at Epsom Surrey who was working on um, Frankie Dottori piece for Epsom Races and the Jockey Club and Frankie Dottori so that was particularly a really crazy week but obviously great in terms of the publicity that was covering all of these murals it was it was fantastic Have we done an Everton players? So uh, we've done Duncan Ferguson right outside the ground of good so opposite the Goodison Stadium where the Dixie Dean statue is you've got a takeaway called uh, walk-in or hot walk and on the side of that Duncan Ferguson and he came down and, and revealed that one and then in the city centre in the Baltic Triangle 
Ball, we've got one which is five legends. Dixie Dean, Neville Southall, Alan Ball, Leighton Baines makes it in there, and Howard Kendall, yeah. So what was your reaction to your mural when you first saw it, John? Well, I was was delighted because I, he, they showed me the pictures as it was going on a week before, and it, it wasn't finished, obviously, but I thought it was. So I had a, I had a bit of a ball pass going on in my head because they hadn't done it, and I thought, because, of course, they were just showing me as it was going on. So that bit where you can see the hair, my hair at the front, yeah. Um, I had a big ball pass there, but obviously they, they hadn't, I thought, well, I'm, I'm not looking too good. So I'm delighted to see the final, the final outcome. But look, no, it, it's it's great because, you know, it's on a big side of my house. As I said, there's nothing going to go in front of it. And, and as I've said all along, that this is where football should be. You know, it's a working class sport, working class community. This is where it belongs. You know, had it been on the Liver buildings or some big iconic building in the middle of Liverpool, rather than being the home of Anfield, where football and, 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 and you know, working class people, it's a working class sport, belongs to the people. So I think it's a great idea to have them in areas like this rather than in iconic places like, you know, the Houses of Parliament or Big Ben or the Liber buildings. Has it uh, changed your driving route to Anfield now? Do you deliberately go past it or anything? Or? Well, no, because this is the way I always go to be dropped off, but it's not right on the main road. So as you're going on, I think it's Breck Road, before you get to the cop, right. you can just see it. So I can't drive up there to get to the cop anyway, but it's not right on the main road. So it's kind of like tucked up into a back street. But yeah, I know where it is. And there's obviously been a good reaction from your family and friends, you would you would say? Um, yeah, well, my family don't know, get too excited. My, you know, <laughs> my kids are excited and my friends probably haven't even seen it. So it's, it's more... It's more for, because my, my family and friends aren't big Liverpool fans who go to Liverpool all the time. So it's really for the fans. That's what it's all about. You know, it's an appreciation from the fans. So it's, it's a, gr- a great reaction from fans who've seen it. I, I, I think my, my wife and kids went out a picture one day outside it. But I mean, they my, my young kids don't get too excited now. Hi, my name's Rocket and you're listening to the Say It and Spray It podcast. There was there was a lot of people though, wasn't there? There was a crowd that was brewing up. You know, Alan Kennedy and, and, and they they were there on the same day, but theirs was around the um around the corner. So I saw Alan Kennedy coming up. Um was there one of Ian Callahan as well? Ian Callahan and Phil Neal was together, which was just down the road. So them two came down for that one. Yeah, but I don't know what Alan was there, he turns into everything. So I, I thought his was on the same day. <laughs> were they being unveiled on the same day though or not? Uh, yeah, yeah. So Phil Neal and Ian Callahan was like at ten o'clock in the morning, and I think that's yours right. was at midday. So right, yeah, that's why he, he was there. He, he does hang around us quite a lot, to be fair. But you know, <laughs> and we love him. We, he's he's such a great character. We love having him around. You can't get rid of Alan. <laughs> when we done the reveal, it was great because Stan Collymore was there as well, and yes, obviously that- you played with Stan, didn't you? As well, it's great to see him, and I think he was he was really pleased with the artwork. Obviously, we mentioned Stephen Gerrard told us who he would who he'd like to see next. And I think actually, John, somebody asked you that question when you was interviewed at the mural. Yeah. I think it was a bit difficult because you wasn't aware of what's there and what's not. I can't remember what answer you so gave, I told, but is I told him straight away. I was, I, I, it wasn't a difficult question at all. I think Robbie Fowler, if Robbie's not done, Robbie's a local lad. Robbie's from Liverpool. You know, he's a Liverpool hero. Everything he's done there, I think it would be fantastic for Robbie Fowler. Yeah, Mulby said exactly the same thing the other day, didn't he? So we got two of them rooting for it. So yeah, we, we, we we're going to make that happen. So when we do that one, we can tell Robbie that that was down to uh, Jan Mulby and John Barnes. So both of you get the credit and kudos for that. We shouldn't be going around looking for houses in Anfield if we're doing Robbie Fowler. He owns oh, them all, right? Go to Toxteth. The one in Toxteth. Is there any more there? I mean, at Watford, I don't know who's there, but I mean, there are too many Watford legends. You know, I mean, I've got Luther's one. Have they done any other players? Troy's Troy's um, on the on the wall. There's a big thing about his goal against Leicester in 2013. Like I said, there's Nigel Gibbs, Duncan Wellborn, Tommy Mooney, Tony Coton, Kenny Jack. These are boys who came through the youth ranks. Kenny was there for many years. Nigel was there for many years. Obviously from other teams, yeah. other eras. 
particularly as they're two local boys, you know, I, I would it'd be great to have them. That's a good point. Harry yeah. the Hornets there as well, Justin. He is. Harry the Hornets on there as well, yeah. Yeah, as you go down the underpass. Yeah, it's, it's a lovely, lovely little mural. Actually, you've got Graham and uh, Elton together as well, haven't you, on that mural? There's so many people yeah, on that really good. subway. You know, because when you talk about the development of the youth team players, like myself, although I was in the youth team, but Steve Terry, Nigel Callahan, Gibbsy, Kenny Jackett, I mean, Tom Wally had such a, a huge impact on that Watford team. Ian Richardson, you know, Jimmy Gilligan, all of them came through the youth team with Tom. And Tom was so influential that if you talk about someone who, particularly that era, when we got into the into the top division with probably six or seven of the players who came through the youth team, that was all down to Tom Wally. So when you talk about a real Watford legend, for me, Tom Wally would definitely be one. You've got a, an ambassador role at LFC, is that right? Yeah, I mean, I've been doing this kind of work for Liverpool for the last 10, 15 years, but not as an ambassador. And it's more to do with very much like what we spoke about at Watford in the community, you know, with food banks and, 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 and youth hostels and schools and charities and homelessness. I've been doing a lot of that in Liverpool anyway, but now I'm a full-time ambassador for Liverpool and that is what I, I do a lot now, but really for Liverpool. So it's nothing new really, rather than apart from the fact that now I've, I've got a contract with them to be doing it, you know, kind of permanently for them. Are you still playing at all? I mean, I know there's the odd testimonial and stuff that pops no, up. No. Do you, ever, do you, Listen, you don't get the tight I, shorts on anymore. I played up until I was about 45 because, you know, when you talk about playing veterans football, if that's what you need to talk about, you can play against 37-year-olds. So up to when I was 45, 46, 47, I was playing against 36, 37-year-olds. At 59 now, there's no point me playing with players who just retired. You know, so my days are... Plus, I got a bad injury. Interesting that my son's went in playing volleyball, so dislocated my knee, so my footballing days are over. I'm now the manager or the assistant manager. There was, there was one question we was going to ask, John, and it's one of them questions that he gets asked all the time, but I just want to know the, I want to ask it. Basically, how often do you get asked to do the rap? Because I want to know, is it that annoying for you? Because I get asked to say things sometimes and do things and it's quite frustrating. That's just by my wife. So I just wonder what it's like. And I'll do the rap all the time, you know, but you do it. There's no problem. Do you still enjoy it as much as you did when you were back then? Or has it become a bit repetitive? We're all me. That's why we did it. It's an England song. So we did it. You don't enjoy doing it, you do it because you're making a record. Was it was the England song before the Anfield rap? I confused which way round it was. The Anfield rap was 19. Anfield rap was uh, England song was 1990. Anfield rap was for the FA Cup final against Wimbledon. So that was 88. Absolutely fantastic. That's absolutely brilliant. Thank you very much, John. Been great talking to you. It's been an absolute pleasure. All right, thanks a lot. So much, mate. Take care, buddy. Ta-da. Wonderful, yeah, absolutely fantastic. And a, a big boyhood idol for me, John Barnes. I started going to watch Watford in 85, but obviously I saw the 84 Cup final as well. So um, I have to say, although John said that it wasn't heartbreak for Watford fans when he went to Liverpool, believe me, it was heartbreak for Watford fans when he went to Liverpool. It was it was, uh, it was, was a big thing. But um, yeah, no, it was great to talk to John. Uh, absolutely fantastic. Well, I should imagine, obviously, yeah, it's losing your legend years ago when you lost a player, as long as you got decent money for him we used to go okay well at least I'm getting decent money and we'll reinvest it I remember as a West Ham fan when we lost uh, Rio Ferdinand and it was it was heartbreaking for us but we had a lot of money mm. and um, you kind of feel like you can reinvest it now I couldn't care less how much money we get for a player because there's so much money in the game mm. it doesn't it, you know it doesn't really matter really to go and buy a player of that equivalent skill set or character you're going to end up paying the same amount of money if not more so mm. it's a very different uh, world that we're working in now but yeah, I should imagine it must have been uh, quite hard to deal with the fact that you had him playing for you at one point. You've got to appreciate that, I guess. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I, only, I think I only saw him for a couple of seasons, but it was still great to you know be able to say I saw John Barnes playing for Watford. So fantastic stuff. My earliest memories of 
of kind of football when I was growing up. I just about remember the 86, but it was Italia 90 really was when I really started to to love my football and to really appreciate it. And uh, obviously John Barnes was a big part of that squad that uh, got to the semi-final under Bobby Robson. That was the rap as well that year. That was the... Uh, and it was the rap. So yeah. It all ties in. Yeah. So that's why for me, you know, I've said this on many occasions, we, we meet these stars now and it's quite amazing that we are, you know, speaking to them, having the opportunity to talk to them about situations uh, when I was growing up and football memories and stuff like that. It's just amazing to be able to do it, to, to have someone like John Barnes giving us his time to talk about uh, his career and then obviously about the artwork that we've created is very, very special indeed. Absolutely, mate. Also in this series, we've had chats with Stephen Gerrard, Jan Mulby and Troy Hawk. That was a funny one, that was. That was uh, one of those ones where I didn't have to do a lot of talking and I just laughed a lot. We've also got Jamie Carragher, we've got Ben Youngs, so many. So go and check those out as well. Uh, in the meantime, thank you very much for listening to the Sait and Spray It podcast. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.